are you? And where are you going? What do you want? For the next 24 minutes, we're going to design and attain your ideal life. On the Way to Wow Show. Together, we'll find the ideal path to get you back on the track to success and happiness. On the Way to Wow Show with your host, Kevin Bemmel. When it comes to building a resilient mindset, one of the most important capabilities we can develop is creativity. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of creativity, I think of Mozart or Picasso, some kind of artist. But creativity is crucially important in all aspects of our life. And our guest today, Kara Macklin, is going to show us how to touch, get in touch with our creativity on our way to WOW. How can you build a stronger mindset? So I am very excited to have Kara Mackland as our next guest. Kara comes to us, of course, via Zoom, all the way from Northern Ireland, making us, now we're an international show. Way to Wow goes international. So Kara has been an entrepreneur since she was, get this folks, five years old. And we're not talking lemonade stand here. We're talking no kidding entrepreneur. She was part of her family's business for many, many years. I think she'll be telling us a little bit about that. And now what she's doing is working with entrepreneurs and business professionals, helping them get that mindset that really allows them to take their businesses to the next level. So Kara, welcome to the Way to Wow Show. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us, tell me a little, tell us a little bit about your earlier background. I mean, starting as five years old and then becoming, you know, a, a multiple award winning, award winning female entrepreneur, female business person. How do you go? How did you go from one to the to the other? So as you say, Kevin, five years old, my parents had businesses. So I always say I started my education around the kitchen table in Northern Ireland and my first, I suppose, unofficial business was at eight or nine. I was making jewellery, and I always say it was great fun, but I didn't make any money. Um, I was selling it to my friends and family, and, but my first proper business, I suppose, where I made money was 15. So I used to run uh, coaches like buses to local nightclubs for our town and village and, and friends and school, and so that was a very profitable business for me during my school year. So that was the start of my own business with, with my big brother. At 15 years old, you were running buses, yes. what we call them in America, to, to clubs for your friends. Wow. Wow. Yes. And you, I assume you didn't drive the buses. You must have... No, no, no we can't. We're not allowed to drive until we're 17 okay. in Northern Ireland. But we used to... So the, the bus cost um, £100. There was 52 seats on the bus. So my brother and I had to go free. And the other 50 seats, we charged five pounds. So over 20 years ago, we were making 150 pounds profit every few months for our pocket money. <laughs> wow. 
wow. <laughs> oh, so then what was the next step on your journey from there? So I did the usual um, school in the university or college and did business studies. I then went and worked in London for a year in Marks and Spencers, which you guys may or may not know. It's a really more luxurious food retailer in, in uh -huh. the UK. And I worked for them in their food trend studio. So that was when my start of my professional um, journey in terms of innovation, creative thinking, best practice, and to see it in a huge organization like that. And then I came back to the family business. So my first role, I was 24. At that stage, my parents, our family business is healthcare and hospitality. So I would have worked in the hotel. My parents have a four-star hotel, which I grew up in working. And my first role was managing an elderly care home um, at 24. So we had 80 residents and over 100 staff. So I was responsible for that at 24. Um, 24, that was my first role 100 in staff. Wow. And um, you, you actually, as I recall from talking to you previously, you reposition that home to really make it a first in the industry. Is, is that correct? Um, well, so not that specific home. So I managed three of our homes. I opened two businesses and I, I redeveloped the hotel with my family that we, we doubled the size of it. So I was 15 years in that business and we, we went from about 200 employees and three businesses to over 600 employees and seven businesses in that time. And then I was very lucky I got a scholarship to go back to London and do my MBA. Um, so that was in 2015. And then when I came back from London, I had this idea of, of really disrupting the elderly care market um, in Ireland. And I created the first ever lifestyle care home in Ireland in 2017 and 18. So that was a three-year project. So that was a disruption of the, of the elderly care market here. And a lifestyle care home. So share, share with us just, just a little bit. What is what is a lifestyle? So people can get because I think of you know retirement homes. Like my 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 aunt is in a retirement home, and I'm telling you, it is it is horrible. And I've tried calling the management on her behalf several times, and all you can do is leave a message, and they don't call you back. So I, there's no intention of of making it better. I think. So what's a lifestyle um, retirement home then? So I came up with the name Lifestyle Care Home for, for that reason. You know, whether we like it or not in the industry, the perception is all care homes are like the home your aunt is in, as you've said. And, and there are places where, unfortunately, people think you just go to die. They're horrible places and no one wants to go. So I wanted to create somewhere that was the complete opposite of that. And, and I wanted to create somewhere as well that, you know, one of the things that's really... I suppose disappoints, upsets, I don't know what the right word is, that it's very hard to get grandchildren to go to care homes because for that very reason, and the, the loss in society between grandparents and grandchildren when they go into those facilities for me is huge. So with the team I had around me, um, I said we want to look at this project not just through the eyes of elderly people, we also want to look at it through the eyes of children. So we came at it from two angles. Um, so to give you an example of some of the things we put into the facility, so we put in a, a hairdresser's, a nail bar, a cafe, a spa, a cinema, and of course in Ireland we had to put in an Irish pub. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and it was, you know, it wasn't, the building is really important that you put people in a nice facility, but it was actually the whole, I completely transformed the culture in the industry, the 
the outlook that the staff had. So we had a medical team and we had a lifestyle team and they integrated so that, you know, the focus for me wasn't just on medical care as in physical care and, and tablets and personal hygiene. It was actually your lifestyle and your social care because, you know, I just came from the angle that if you are socially and mentally better, you will be physically better. And, you know, in the world, we're seeing it right now in terms of the impact on, on all of us. And, and that transformed actually the lives of our residents. We had residents who came from other homes that their medication was decreased, their dementia was vastly improved. And, and we had, you know, a list of staff who wanted to work for us and, you know, the team won loads of awards and, you know, it was a phenomenal project. But, but like any disruption or, or innovation, years and a lot of struggle at the beginning to, to get people to shift their mindset. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And, and and very much in line with the idea behind the show, which is we have to look at our life holistically, physically, men, physical, mental, spiritual, right, for our well-being. We have to do that for our own lives. But you, here you were doing it for, for other people as well. Okay, so so now you you went from there, and now you're looking to help other people basically do that in their lives uh, as, as I understand it. So talk to us about, I don't know if this is Kara, you know, 3.0, 4.0, 10.0, right, as they say. Talk about, if you would, um, that, that next uh, phase, you know, in, in, in your life. Sure. So um, because I didn't have enough to do when I was opening that care home, I also trained professionally as a, a business coach. So I got my accreditation in 2018 and I just, I decided in 2019 to leave the family business and I've always had a passion for, because it's, you know, created the success that I've had with my teams of creative thinking and imagination and building that alongside, you know, the business acumen that I've had, you know, that I've grown up with. And, and this year in particular, we have seen that, you know, every business has not been untouched by the, you know, having to think very differently, adapt um, to survive and, and it's for me it's a, an art and a science um, and it's something you know people say to me oh well, I'm not creative car that's for the marketing department I can prove and, and these are the kind of entrepreneurs I work with now everybody is creative and you know I truly believe that in business now and if you don't have that creative mindset in the leader and the organization for me that's going to be the most important thing going forward so so I now work with I say big thinking, growing entrepreneurs who, who want to create a huge impact in their own life, with their own families and their own communities. But they, you know, I suppose I always had a great imagination, but I now have the principles of it because I've been through the, the ups and downs of, of creative thinking and innovation. And unless you have an understanding and a system that you can use, and when I break it down now and help people understand the different processes, you can really see that, that organizations, you know, can vastly improve and, and accelerate their success. So, so that's what I do now. What I'm hearing is you help people learn to be creative in their business and entre uh, entrepreneurial pursuits. Is, is that right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So my focus in terms of my coaching is, is creative thinking and success mindset. And it's not just creative thinking in your business, as you have rightly said, Kevin. It's, it's creative thinking in your own life to fit in with your business because you know, we all know if we keep doing and thinking the same way, we're going to get the same results. And, and actually, a lot of entrepreneurs, they might have a successful business, but they're not happy in their life or vice versa. So it's really, you know, I, I wrote a post on social media last week 
we can't disrupt anything until we disrupt ourselves first. Um, so that's what I help, you know, I help the leader disrupt themselves and their own thinking first. And, and then, you know, I always say in a business, imagination is infinite. It's probably the only thing in a business that's infinite. Um, but the ideas you get out of people and teams and leaders is just phenomenal when you have the right environment. So helping them with that. So would you give us an example of how you took someone from a place of at least thinking, you know, he or she didn't have creativity to, you know, breaking through that, that barrier, if you will, and, and realizing that they, they can be that, that, you know, disrupting creative thinking person? Sure. I mean, I can give you two examples because I have a very strong example from one of my teams, but you know, when I talk about creative thinking, people automatically assume it's like, you know, what I did in the care home or Steve Jobs creating the iPhone. Creative thinking is constantly coming up with new and better ways to do things. And that might be as extreme as disrupting a market, but it, you know, that only happens a few times. It's, it's in the DNA of constantly evolving and, and coming up with just the, you know, and the best ideas are the most simple ideas. Um, so if I give you an example in the care home, when we, that idea of looking at it through the eyes of children, that came from, because we had a team and, and some of these staff were, were in our industry 30 years. And, and actually that's one of the biggest barriers and one of the biggest problems. The longer you're in a job or in an industry or you're more expert in something, that's a bigger challenge for you to think differently about it. And there's ways that you need to disrupt yourself. So when I say that to people now, they get scared thinking, God, Cara, all the expertise that I felt over the last 20 years are not useful anymore, which they are. But anyway, so this care assistant in a meeting with us said to me, she said, you know, I just said to them all, like, what, what do you worry about if you ever went into a care home? And this care assistant said to me, I would really worry when I'm older that my grandchildren won't want to come and visit me. Mm. And that's where the idea came from to look at it through the eyes of children. And actually, when we when I allowed the staff to look at the project through the eyes of children, of course, that's when everyone could come up with crazy ideas that weren't right or wrong because it wasn't actually them. And that's where we got the best ideas because people are scared when they're in a job so long to say anything different because the risk of sounding stupid or getting it wrong. Um, so that was the example in, in the care home. I have another example where I'm working with a really you know forward-thinking accountancy practice so very entrepreneurial but they said to me at the beginning we're accountants we're not creative and um, so I worked with them last year and, and a new partner in the business and showed them how to do what I have done and they have transformed their business and actually you know they contacted me and said Cara when COVID happened it didn't impact us at all actually we're even stronger coming through this than we were last year so their business is more successful and they said the biggest reason for that was all of their staff were giving ideas instantly how to solve those problems. And, and they said that would not have happened a year or two years ago. Um, so that was another example more recently. So, and, and I, you know, it's interesting. I mean, my production team, we're in a creative business, right? We're in, um, you know, video production, whatever you, entertainment, whatever you want to call it. Um, and yet what I've noticed is um, not everybody thinks that they can be creative. They tend to say, well, I'm in this part of the business. I need to stay here. Um, 
and 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 one of the things I'm trying to foster with the show is having people giving people the opportunity to do things that are out of their comfort zone. Um, and 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 I, I I'm gonna you know say good on my team that. Um, already, I've, we've been able to create a couple of opportunities where people are going to be moving into things that are very, very different than what they, you know, were first came to the show to do. How, how do we? And, and I'll just give, real quick. I'm going to give you an opposite example. When I was in the military, I tried to get one of my staff to go to a very top-line leadership development program. He would have been the first sailor to go to our Marine Corps leadership program. It was a huge, huge thing. And he started having nightmares about going. And I was pushing and pushing and pushing him. And he finally came to me. And I thought he was going to cry and say, I cannot do this. And I finally heard that he couldn't do it. So how do we find that, that, that midpoint between pushing our people to the point where you know, we're, they're just so far out of their comfort zone that they're, they're you know, going to break down, but not letting them sit there where they're not creating more opportunity for themselves and for our businesses. How do we, how do we find that meeting point, or at least somewhere closer to it? Well, if I use the example from the military, how I would have done that. So helping that person understand that the reason he is so scared is because he is trained, or I believe, trained in an environment where you cannot get it wrong because people's lives are at risk. So when you're in an and, and healthcare is, is the same actually in a different form. When you're in an environment like that and you cannot get it wrong, you can't take risks, you can't do anything very different at the risk of getting it wrong. So explaining that first to him, that he's now going into a different environment and it doesn't matter, he, sorry, he will get it wrong initially. He should get it wrong because it's the first time he's doing it. So opening up, you know, and that's what I would have said to my team. And that's why we looked at it through the eyes of children. And people think that's crazy in terms of a, you know, it was a multi-million pound investment in business. So merely doing something to flip it on its head um, and help those people understand why they feel like that. And, you know, I, I say creative thinking, and, and you've used the example of being uncomfortable, which is exactly it. It's like creative thinking is a muscle. The more you stretch it and use it, the stronger it becomes. But the first time you know you go out for a run or you do some exercise in the military, your muscles are sore. You know, so I always try and use an analogy with the person that will resonate. So I'm, I imagine, I don't know, but I imagine the military exercise would have been a good analogy. You know, the first time you do a different exercise, it's going to be sore. And if it's not sore, you're not doing it well enough. So, you know, again, it's back to the, the more successful or the more expertise someone is in something, actually the more difficult it is for them to do this stuff because they've had so much success one way, so why would they change it? So just explaining to them the feeling and, and how it will be the other way, um, for me, lets a lot of the fear go, actually, um, and they understand why they feel like that, and, and it makes sense. Yeah, I'm, yeah, gosh, I needed you about... 15 years ago, <laughs> because, yeah, that, that's a great insight into how we are um, by sort of taking people off the hook on, that they're going to fail and, and just saying you're, you're going to, so just don't worry about it and move on. It, it, it could really have, have changed that situation. I didn't, I didn't have access to that idea back then. Last question, so I got the you have to wrap it up sign. It went so fast. Um, 
when, how, sh how can someone recognize that they're in that place where they're not accessing their creativity? How do we know where we're in that place so that we need to then figure out how to get out of it? Um, I think the key thing is when you're too comfortable and you're doing the same thing all the time, you know, when I use the analogy, you have two choices. You make yourself uncomfortable and you disrupt yourself. So it's like running a marathon. You get up every day and you make yourself more uncomfortable and you do it over time or you get disrupted and abrupted very quickly from the environment and you pull a muscle which is exactly what COVID has done to businesses that aren't. So you can either take control of it, but, but you will feel uncomfortable. And, you know, it's like the training every day, or you wait till something comes along. But and my belief is, and, and I, I believed it a few years ago, actually, and I've seen it this year, every single business is going to be massively disrupted. Technology in Europe and the UK at the minute, Brexit, coronavirus, um, the list goes on and on. So that is why I believe it is absolutely critical for the success of business and leaders um, in the future, and, and right now, actually, as well. Well, and, and, and I think that's a great note to end on. Uh, perpetually look to make ourselves uncomfortable so that we're yeah. prepared for whatever the future throws at us. Exactly. Terrific. Kara, thank you so much uh, for, for being on the Way to Wow yeah. Show. Great, great thoughts and, and, and wisdom for our viewers. Thanks a million. That's our show for this week. Stay tuned next week when we'll talk with Dr. Travis Smith, the author of Superhero Ethics. Right? Really fascinating book. And we'll also be talking to Brian Firminella, who at a very young age has already found his way to wow. He's going to show us, or talk to us at least, about how he did it. Courage at all times, my friends. Marie, you're still my bell. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.